0: You are all extremely welcome to this uh, afternoon talk uh, Prior to the opening of uh, the new exhibition at Magazine 3 Which has the name To Be Continued And um, I'm extremely happy to see so many of you attending this talk And that is the healthiest sign of of everything really Um, I will be extremely brief My name is David Newman and I'm the director of Magazine 3 and as you know, we are uh, approaching a celebration of 20 years of uh, exhibitions. And uh, the panel, which will be introduced by uh, Daniel Birnbaum, and uh, Daniel has uh, many functions within the art community, uh, among them uh, being the uh, rector for the Städelschule in uh, Frankfurt, uh, which is one of the more uh, prestigious And important art academies In Europe uh, At the same time uh, Dahlien and I have A very long friendship So he has since 3-4 uh, years ago Also been an associate curator At Magazine 3 And his latest contribution To our exhibition program Was with the uh, American, now living in America uh, Paul Chan he was born in, in Hong Kong Hong Kong-born And uh, that's it We have an enormous panel And we have just figured out That we have only about 12 hours So um, and, and some of us are quite upset Because it means we can talk less than an hour Each of us But uh, I will give the word to Daniel And uh, he will introduce uh, all of us Thank
1: you, David Um so, thanks for inviting me to this event. I'm very happy to be involved and to see the, the anniversary show 20 years of art production. The show, um, all of you, some of you, no, you haven't seen it yet, but you will see it in a few hours. And um, it's, uh, it's a show, this place, that shows almost all of the productions by Magazine 3. Magazine 3 has done so many shows, uh, and in many of the shows, there has been new works, entirely new installations, or things that have only, uh, well, have been made, especially for this venue. So that's the theme, and that will also be the theme of this uh, discussion. What does it mean to produce art for a specific place? Uh, We can think and talk about this from many perspectives. Most of the people here in the panel, in the mega panel, as I saw it was called, um, are artists, and they're all in this exhibition. There are a few people who are involved in other ways, and uh, um, maybe i start just introducing everyone um, very briefly. David Norman is the director of Magazine 3. Tessa Brown is one of the curators here. And Amy Baker Sandback. Her uh, late husband, Fred Sandbach had a wonderful show here. She's an art person. She can compare this institution to many others, for instance, to the D. Art Foundation in New York. That will... Be an interesting contribution, maybe. Uh, Rika Jolin is one of the curators here. Nahum Tevet is a very important artist from Tel Aviv who had a show here, or um, he was in the show um, painting in the extended field. That's almost 10 years ago. Beautiful installation, you will see it ap- afterwards. Uh, Sadi Shapira is a curator also from Tel Aviv. She's one of the associate curators here of this institution and has been involved with, s- with several several things. Mats latest time you all know, important Swedish artist, Katharina Grosse, an artist uh, from Germany, Ber- Berlin based No, um, We have Fabrice uh, Gigi from Geneva. Matti Kalonen, an artist who I remember from Konstfack, who has now uh, the the only piece that you've all seen uh, that is already uh, approaching the institution here. A new, very special project that I'm sure we will hear about. Lars Nilsson, artist now based here in Stockholm, used to be in Malmo and London for many years, um, and uh, he had a big solo show some years ago. And there's one of the pieces is in here. And Ernesto Neto, who had this uh, when was that uh, about five years ago maybe seven. seven years already time is quick, incredibly ambitious project here at magazine three and you will see parts of this downstairs. This panel, of course, is much too big, uh, uh, meaning that it will be uh, not the discussion in the sense that we can uh, you know go into depth maybe in, into every artist 's work it will m- rather be about this this theme, and maybe people, all, the, the, there will be contributions from many different perspectives. I thought that I would say, of course, there are more people in the, in the panel than in the audience, but that turned out not to be the case, because there's uh, many people are here, and I hope that you can all hear us. My interest in, in, in Magazine 3, and, in, uh, and I think what one can say in many g- very general terms, what makes Magazine 3 very special, not only for us here in Stockholm, but in an international perspective, is that it emphasizes production that in almost every show there are new works. As we all know, there are biennials and there are art fairs and there are uh, art institutions all over the world and we often see the same art in every city. Now the art world has grown out of proportion and there are always new uh, things anyhow, but still there's a tendency, a certain tendency towards leveling that one can see certain artists work, uh, work in many, many places and you go to Basel and you see it, and, I mean, if you're a professional in the art world. It seems to me that Magazine 3's approach is a kind of an answer to that problem that, uh, or that, uh, that issue. That if you produce new work, then there's always something very special and very interesting for the institution here. And it also is, of course, much, much more interesting to see something which has been done for this for this site, for this place. It's, it's an important task enough to introduce international art into Sweden, but it makes it in the long run even much more uh, rich that to know that there are things that have, have been done for us and for this, for this institution. Many of the people here, show, or all of you actually, show internationally, and it could be very interesting to hear about how, how you approach an invitation like that. It's of course a difference if you're from Stockholm, you do a show here, uh, or if you're from Brazil like uh, Ernesto Neto. And just to start somewhere, Ernesto, you show in so many different places uh, and you do things for biennials and you do things for galleries and you did this enormously ambitious thing here. Maybe you could just say a few words about that project just to get started somewhere.
2: When uh, when they invite me, they send a plan of the place. Uh, There is all these columns and very nice columns in fact. I really like the columns in this building. Uh, I like columns in general because, in general, they are in the middle of the space and it's a problem. Uh, and you have to be around the column and you can't take out because the building fall down. So it's like something really... Uh, and I like to have accidents on the on the space. Also, I like space who has personality, not just a white cube, you know. So the columns give a lot of personality to the space. And I didn't come here to, before I make the piece. But the PC and and then I, I wanted to do this kind of this smooth uh, or white landscape uh, organic. And I said to them, yeah, I want to do that because uh, you know it's February, must be a lot of snow in Stockholm. I never been in Stockholm before in that time. And they said, Yeah, and said, maybe, maybe, maybe that is not snow, you know, and it's not always <laughs> that, that is not. I said, Yeah, okay, but anyway, but well, then I was really uh, totally involved with the idea of doing the piece, I draw the piece on the columns, we cut the fabric, we make it. It was very interesting because uh, I sent the fabric here to them, and, and I thought I would arrive here and I would have to fill the piece, see, like in many other uh, situations. And it was one of the only, maybe it's the only one moment, but maybe it happened two or three times. I arrived here and the piece was completely filled. There was no one styrofoam balls on the floor to, to tell a story. And they showed me a video that was a trucky that came outside and a big snakey tube pipe that goes up and down the building and probably was amazing the feeling. I think maybe it was another sculpture that get inside on that sculpture and then feel that sculpture which is very interesting in the sculpture point of view for me in the organic side of uh, my, my, my my vision. And then the piece was there, we made another piece, yeah, other piece. There was another room, but talking about this piece, he, I just adjust a little bit, move a little bit there to be very, uh, having a very dense relation with the columns that was very hard and serious columns, but the piece was, come on, take it easy, columns. It's okay. I know that you are holding a lot of weight, but it can be better, you know, I'm, I'm here. And they said something that was very interesting for me that was very difficult to speak in that room because the the echo was very big and with the piece there, really the sound was very soft, it really absorbed the sound which was something um, new for me in fact yeah, So, and then there was the day of the opening, everything was prepared yeah, I had a fantastic week here, one of the best weeks I ever had in my life yeah, I have to <laughs> say that didn't sleep very much in that time and I met great people, and uh, the day of the opening, it was soft snow, some frozen lakes, but the day of the opening began to to snow, 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 big flocks, and then during the open night there was snow like this high or something like that, everything was covering white, I said, okay, thanks, nice.
1: Well done. Yeah. Uh, yeah, magazine 3 is <laughs> great. <laughs> magazine 3 can arrange a lot of things, obviously. Uh, Ernesto does art, and I don't want to generalize, but that works in the sense that it can really react to local situations. In, in, in there, there's art where one doesn't expect that. Say, traditionally, I would say that a painter paints, and the canvas is transported somewhere, and it's shown, diff- and it gets a different meaning. Relate- it depends on the uh, context, but the piece, one would think, is fixed. That is not always the case. Ka- maybe, Katarina, you can say a, thing, a few things about that. I mean, you there's a piece that you will all see, which is actually a, a painting in the more traditional sense, but you do paintly projects that are very... Maybe not site-specific, but they're very dependent on, on the architecture. No? Or how do you see that an invitation to a place, and how 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 you do something specific for an institution like this?
3: I'm um, letting coincide um, systems that exclude each each other normally, and I think that's one of the features that painting really can do. That you can co- have happen a lot of different system on one plane, and it is actually fused. So things that um, different time levels, different um, levels of um, speed of Um, space, space, different space levels can all be fused on one field in painting and I think this is an amazing feature that can be exploited and to make that even more um, uh, strong and uh, kind of um, blow it up this kind of experience I love to work in space because spatial um, systems completely uh, contradict painterly systems and this is why I started to actually um, display my work, my painterly work right away on um, sculptural surface, whatever it is. It can be architectural, it can be um, objects, it can be little things I found, it can be things that I bring into the space. So um, after a little while I started to not only paint on walls or windows or on the floor, but also insert things into the show. It can be my own work, it can be um, empty canvases that I bring, it can be studio work that I start to paint over again. And actually here in, in, in Magazine 3 I um, encountered a situation that I painted on the walls, uh, on the dark walls of the previous show because the previous show was um, a drawing show and it was really, it was a dark blue on the walls and I decided to, we decided to leave it like this and I would just kind of go from the negative to the positive to kind of paint inside out. So that was a completely new way of um, doing the work and also... Um, I introduced for the first time um, found objects that I had never done before. I had painted my sleeping room at home to um, do something very small and something that is not public. And also I wanted to know what it's like to paint my own possessions. So I did this at home and then I thought, okay, I need um, something very detailed here in Magazine 3 space because it's big and you walk into the space and everything is like um, visible at one glance. So I wanted something small where you would go to and wanted to investigate what it was. So we had this design bed here, and, um, and for many reasons it was a great experience to do this here. And um, So on the one hand, you have this um, kind of conceptual idea about painting and all the different um, structures that can be fused, but on the other hand, this system is then being confronted with a specific situation that kind of gives you new detailed information on your work that you can then use in the next show. So this is why I find it really, really exciting um, apart from my conceptual take on painting, that um, you do something in a specific moment for a specific time span, in a specific volume. And yeah, that's what I could say.
1: Nahum once invited me to Tel Aviv. I've only been there once. And um, Nahum is is an artist, but also a very important teacher. Uh, uh, I saw the piece here many years ago, and then I came to Tel Aviv and I saw that the piece was Tel Aviv or at least it's very, very linked to Tel Aviv. Maybe I exaggerate, but at least for me it was a new, a, a new understanding of the piece. Do you transport your own city wherever you go? Is that w- how one should understand the work?
4: Not really. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: no, but I, is remember there, I, mean, I don't is know spoken. if there's a, a, as close a relationship to the architecture, the, the Bauhaus architecture of Tel Aviv. For you who haven't been there, the city is bu- built by second-generation Bauhaus people, more or less, and, and it's... Um, lesser-known Eric Mendelssohn (laughs) uh,
4: uh, architecture all over the place. And and I just have this... This is true, but the truth is that I actually came from a kibbutz, and the architecture in the kibbutz is a real Bauhaus stuff. I mean, all the rooms and the the objects are very simple and functional and low price. So it's sort of modernism, you know, because of necessity. And maybe also ideologically, because there are many very good architects working on the, on, on that landscape, on, on the kibbutz. Uh, and then I'm in Tel Aviv, and Tel Aviv is also the same stuff, <laughs> same kind of architecture. But I think that the reason I'm say, no, I'm saying no, not really, is that I think that... From every aspect you look at my work is somewhere in between. I mean, if you would say this is architecture, I say... I know I was very it's reductive. <laughs> it's yeah. reductivism, mm-hmm. I and mean, I'm trying to beat you. I mean, it's it, if you look at this as an architecture, it's all done out of uh, furnitures, for example, yeah. or from things that are inside the house. So it's the inside-outside business. It's somewhere between painting and and sculpture. And... It's abstract, and narrative. So it's all mixed, this and this and not this and not that. And, and the same maybe is also about the, the relationship to the site. I mean, because the piece is really not site-specific, and at the same time, it will flirt with the given condition of the site, things that I will do on the, on the spot. So it's only a little bit of Tel Aviv.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that the, the, the relationship between the international or even the global and the local is one of the key themes of that is discussed in every big show and every biennial, and it's always very important that to stress local features because otherwise it seems like some sort of corporate globalism that's happening in the art world, and we, we do see those tendencies everywhere. And that's why it's very interesting to th- think about what, what it is to do something for a special place that relates to some local tradition or local situation. It takes a lot of work on, the, uh, um, on I think on the part of the curators to see how those things develop. And I think one of the special things with Magazine 3, at least the, how I have understood how you work, is that it's not just you invite an artist who then does something. It's really a dialogue about how things are produced and, and, and I mean there can be cliché cliches also in, 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 in place when you talk about producing something for the local because that we can also see that someone goes to China and thinks he has to do something that relates to some Chinese tradition that he doesn't know anything about. And, and things that like that happen a lot in the art world, I would say. What I think you've avoided very uh, effectively are things like that. It's local productions, but they and if they, if they relate to local traditions, at least it's not on the level of cliches. Maybe it would be interesting to hear a little bit from, from you, David, but also from the curators how Maybe some examples of how you work with that. For instance, Janine Antoni, the artist here, has done something that really relates to, to the situation here. It's a rope. It's, really, it's about the harbor to, uh, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not even uh, uh, done once she's shown it because it's an ongoing process, I hear, that when she shows it in other places, it's woven and other layers done. And it, it, there's, there's something. Maybe, Richard, you can say something about that first. Or not yeah, about her piece, but, but about the whole working with artists when they
5: produce locally. Mm, well, specifically about Janine uh, and Tony, she was part of the exhibition Freeport um, that uh, I curated at Magazine Three four years ago, or something like this. And uh, I think uh, what you're describing this this uh, thing that uh, we work in a sense locally is something that's that's developed uh, s- quite slowly. I mean, this is. Uh, in a sense uh, an anniversary show of 20 years and uh, obviously uh, working at Magazine 3, uh, the people we who work there and also the institution uh, with the people have been involved in a learning process Uh, and I think I've been there for quite a few years now 8 years, it takes a little time to, to, to get to know what the idea and the spirit of the place is and then one hopes to add to it and develop it and I think this is one of the things that was there from the start, but that we've been uh, uh, developing stronger and stronger. And uh, specifically the one thing that you're talking about, the, the a, a certain type of local aspect is, I think, something that uh, has been working better and better and works uh, very nicely for us. Uh, in, in the instances uh, that we develop new work, which is uh, uh, nowadays uh, several per year, uh, often... Uh, we try to uh, work always with artists I mean there are many here who, who've been involved in this process but some th- or often large parts of the piece are actually made here and so we also have developed uh, relationships to different people locally uh, that that uh, also get to know how we work we learn uh, to see how they work and then we, a, a larger dialogue takes place between you know curator artists uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, whatever it might be a carpenter all, all kinds of people so this uh, and in the best cases when we have uh, quite some time to develop a new project you know when you've possibly been in dialogue with an artist for a few years uh, and then more closely maybe in the best case have more than a year to develop the actual new project uh, it, it really becomes a process and uh, you do learn a lot of things and uh the local aspect uh, becomes uh, quite important, I think. But it's different every time, of course. And specifically the case with Janine, I think at at that time I'd been working here as a curator for maybe two or three years and was just curious about the area. And uh, obviously uh, trying that type of show when uh, you invite the artist to work in your space, site-specific, so to speak, but also site-specific in relation to the history of of an area, the local aspect becomes really clear and and, and gets into dialogue with with these artists' um, experiences and and whatever.
1: When Magazine 3 started, David Neumann lived in New York, and one of the secret role models, or maybe not (laughs) even secret, one of the obvious role models for the whole project, I think, was the Art Foundation. Very important institution uh, in, in New York. And
0: um, um, so, I mean, for, for uh, the, these are uh, moments of anecdotes. But of course, coming from, from uh, Stockholm and moving to New York in the late 70s and uh, being kind of in the, in the middle of the development of what then later became Soho, uh, which was uh, this kind of downtown industrial area where exhibition spaces were, were in mainly old industrial buildings. And in in this kind of booming area there was an institution that that I think and and Amy will add because she knows this much better than I, but coming from the outside um, I was I was taken by the fact that there seemed to be such a strong bond between the institution and and the exhibiting artists. And I think in the beginning, uh, Dia had a focus of of supporting a handful of artists. And then maybe, and it's still changing, the institution has changed many, many times. And then walking in this area and, and walking up to a building and finding a little buzzer where it was printed with one of these Dymo, these early label machines, the really early ones, you know, that was in Relief and and buzzed and and then you walked up two flights and, and, and you met no one and you walked into uh, Walter de Maria, the earth room for example was uh, f- fantastic and then I jumped to uh, the beginning uh, of magazine three where we for many, many years uh, totally um, avoided uh, more or less advertising our place and uh, uh, it was a kind of a primitive relationship to to the audience and we were and we in the beginning we were really uh, happy if we had like two digit uh, you know i i used to get reports today that we had 17 people or 24 people and i was wow that's amazing and uh, and even and even people came out here and they were and they were once in a while they were furious because they had been driving around trying to find this place and, and if they were really mad, I usually uh, lied and said that the harbour authorities, they don't allow us to put up any signs. And then people said, oh, oh, oh we, we, t- we understand, we understand. Uh, but the, the intellectual... Uh, impulse or the intellectual influence surely came from 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 DIA.
1: So so there are several things. I mean, you, you decided to not immediately find the space or even build the space or do a normal... You, you found a kind of industrial area. You worked very closely with so a small number of artists. There was a kind of secretive aspect to things that maybe DIA had... Uh, now it's no longer the case. I would say maybe you could say a few things if you recognize the methodologies here.
6: It's actually a sort of amazing history. Um, the Dia Art Foundation. Dia is a Greek word which means to make possible, and the idea of the project uh, that a German Heiner Friedrich started was to allow certain ridiculous artists to make outrageous pieces that would be permanent and that one could see year after year like the earth room which is basically as david described on the second floor of a residential loft building and it still has a small buzzer it's made of sod it's maintained it's open certain hours to anyone who's interested and for many many years and still is the case there are days when no one comes at all And none of us mind because the people who do come see in it something very special. For once there is an institution in New York that doesn't depend on audience to keep it in existence. Then out of that began to be a collection because in order to support these artists, uh, funds were made available. And Dia itself began to have a body of work. It's an amazing body of work. And it spans at this point, uh, basically a generation that came of importance in the late 60s into the 70s. And now it's extending further. Like any good project, it has to constantly reinvent itself. And the people involved have to have a passion for it. I think Many of us feel that art is important. It's not something decorative or extra that society allows to happen when everything else is taken care of. It's something that's endemic in being alive and that it's important. And if five people understand the importance of it, it's important to have it and to have it available for those five people and hopefully the influence of that will go still further. At a certain point it was recognized that there was all of this art and it was in warehouses and that it would be nice to be able to see the Donald Judds and it would be nice to see the Fred Sandbacks because Fred was one of the artists that was supported. Now, mind you, at the time that these artists, including Dan Flavin, were being supported by Dia, not too many people were interested and it seemed like that would always be the case and now there seems to be an audience for it. And they're bought and sold and shown in many different museums. But for many years, that wasn't the case at all. So this support at a critical point in their careers allowed them to do these projects, which otherwise possibly would never have been supported by, shall we say, more conventional foundations or museums or institutions. So out of this, I hope you will all find time when you come to New York uh, to take a train up the river to Beacon, which is an industrial uh, town on the Hudson, about an hour and ten minutes. This is my advertisement for Dia Beacon.
1: (laughs) It's okay, but not too long. Uh,
6: (laughs) Sorry. Which was an abandoned paper factory. Um, I should say they printed cartons there. So it's a 1929 factory. Uh, you will feel right at home because it shares some of the characteristics of Magazine 3. It's an industrial space. It has wonderful light, and permanently the collection is installed. Each of the artists has from eight to 10,000 square feet, so there's enough of the work that you can get a sense of what the artist is interested in. And wonderfully, it also means that you can go again and again and again, So if it interests you or you're curious to see how it feels six months from now, it will still be there. It's a wonderful, wonderful experience to work with this collection. And I feel very fortunate as a curator to be able to do that. And I feel very fortunate for Fred Sandback that he was part of the project.
1: Thanks. I think it's very hard to measure the success of a cultural institution. Uh, one can't really quantify things. Uh, if it's only about how many co- uh, tickets are collect- uh, are are sold, or if it's only about uh, how much sponsoring money you manage to get, or uh, then it, it, that says a little bit, but it doesn't say everything, and maybe it even misses the most important things. One thing that I believe is important for a place like Magazine 3, but for most museums uh, and most spaces, is that they can, when they're successful, actually create an milieu around them, it, it, that they become important places for other artists, not only the ones who happen to show right then. And um, I, I thought maybe, Matti, uh, you, you were once a student when I was at Konzfack, oh. and I know you've been working here all the time. I always see you if yeah. I come and look at things, and now I just saw the piece by the German artist, John Bock, where you're in. It's yeah. six years ago or something. And now you have your sculpture your, out, out here. And yeah. um, has Magazine 3 been almost like an education for you?
7: Yeah, in some ways, uh, definitely. It's uh, the, the the things that you pick up when you work, especially, I would say, as an assistant, uh, helping to build shows and stuff. It's uh, stuff that you don't learn at school so much. Uh, or not at all.
5: <laughs> it's more hands-on yeah. and it's yeah. about how Very you
0: hands and how you show things, and, and how you install. And 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 and
7: and yeah, and you, and you uh, get a sense of, of how different personalities... Uh, Work with with art in completely different ways. So, so I guess that, in in a sense, uh, gave me wider perspective for that I could use for for shaping my own way of uh, dealing with making art. Also, because it was, I had uh, experienced uh, such a multitude of of different attitudes toward. Making art,
1: and, and you work. You're involved with the productions, but you're also a guide, or you're a, no, not exactly have you a guide.
7: Doing? I, I, I've I been. Uh, I was sort of starting to work extra when I was at the art school to, like, a guard. It was called at that time, <laughs> uh, and and like uh, watching out for for the pieces uh, to not, nothing uh, that no one should break. Uh, the, the pieces or touch them or um, if it's if it wasn't allowed you know right so care for the art basically and, and then from time to time help building big installations and shows and, and as in the case with Jon of course also uh, acting uh, performing you with became him part in of the piece yes. which was a, yeah, yeah. A, a really inspiring
1: yeah. I, I think uh, I mean there are legendary examples of institutions that have produced entirely new milieus. I'm sure Moderna Museet would be an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, my m- mother is here in the first row, and she told me some weeks ago that she showed uh, a Mexican show together with Erwin Falstrom And one sees and that many people maybe haven't quite understood the importance of that Mexican show for his entire production, for his entire oeuvre. And then at the Moderna Museet, I'm sure he got to know people like Robert Rauschenberg and Jasper Johns through that institution, or at least partly. And so an institution that invites people from the outside can can change the situation and, and, and really be very helpful to the artists working locally. And I think for, for uh, that's very much the case with magazine 3. And it would, of course, it's very different to ask people from Brazil or from Germany or asking people who are from Sweden. I mean, Mats and Lars show internationally, they're all, all, always on their way somewhere else. And, and But still, you're from here. And it could be interesting to hear a few, few remarks about what, what the institution, how you see it and what it ha, what, what have, what's been the, the most interesting things with, uh, or, or also problems or whatever, how it's been working with, with one of the most important institutions in the city when you're from here. Lars, you were in London and you were in Malmö, but you were from Stockholm originally. Maybe a few, a few remarks about your big show that happened here some years ago?
8: Yeah, um, I mean, for me, it's a very long relation. And... Uh, In fact, I mean, David, I think, was one of the first people who bought from me. And this is, uh, I mean, like, what is it, 25 years ago or something like that. Uh, I think that one of the things, of course, which is special with Magazine 3 is that it's uh, a private-run place and you can do what you want. And uh, there is no one telling you what, what should be, I mean, what is proper or not, which means that, uh, you can collect and you can follow artists on a long term basis in a way which might be I think hard for, for a state institution or something like that and I know that both Mats and me we, we are happy to have been uh, followed by these institutions uh, We by, by Magazine 3 I mean we've been supported uh, they have bought our pieces for, for over 10 years I mean in a, in a bigger extent than when you bought the first small things 25 years ago. And uh, when I did my exhibition here, uh, that was actually a kind of an amazing thing to be able to do. Uh, yes. As you know, I mean, it's, we don't really choose how we work. I mean, we just have to do certain things. And I found that my my oeuvre is a bit sort of, how should I say, it's not easy to show because it's, there, are, there are tableaus, uh, that I made f- for for an extended period and uh, um, they're very, how shall I say, defined in, their, in, their, in what they want to address. And what I had a possibility to do here when we did this big show, because it was the whole magazine three and that's quite much place, was that I could actually link these different tableaus together. And I found the, then the possibility to actually I, I felt like I had been you know publishing chapters of of a novel, and then suddenly the whole novel was there. It was able to read and see how things were connected because basically the, the, the pieces refers to to each other. So what we did on magazine three that we created actually out of uh, some I don't. Actually, I don't know the number, but maybe 10, 10 big installations. We made a one mega installation. And uh, uh, I had problems with, it, with, with the columns because uh, I, I th- it was very much sort of a mag- magazine three um, ambience, which I wanted to build away. And we did. I mean, we built like hell. I mean, we actually re architectured the whole, the whole, the whole magazine three, uh, which also was an amazing thing to be able to do. It's, I, I think it's, and I thought about it. I mean, we usually there are boundaries what we can do when when we have the possibility to show. I mean, there are ec- economical restraints, there are uh, spatial and and other things that 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 we have to relate to, and we do. That's the only way it could be done. But for, this, for once, there was no boundaries.
1: Is that the case? And there are no amazing. economical restraints? <laughs> 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 that's very good to know. I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course there
0: are. Uh, and uh, there are always are. But, but uh, being a facilitator or a, or a curator... Uh, and having relationships that goes back for so many years it's uh, i won't say it's like saying no to a child but it's, it's 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 not easy to because uh, but it takes
1: a lot of discipline Tessa how do you do that when someone wants to build something that is totally um, you you for, you, for, you forward the person to the
0: david yeah, yeah. yeah
1: so what's an example of something that wasn't realized
0: um, no, I, I, I don't think I can, I can give any examples, but I can say that, that with certain exhibitions, like, for example, um, a show that we did with Chris Burden uh, a couple of years ago... And we mean, have he b- likes
1: destroying institutions entirely, no?
0: Yes. Or at least hinting yeah. at such possibilities. And we are, actually, we are going back to this with the columns because Ernesto talked about it and Lars talked about it. And, and the first time he came to Sweden to, to look at the space... He immediately um, said, um, "I wonder how many columns I could take out before the building would collapse." (laughs) (laughs) And then I said, "Chris, uh, that's not a possibility." So I guess that's that's an example. Absolutely. But what I wanted to say that when we were uh, a young place, not even an institution, we we were an idea, and we had the space, and we were creating very wonderful exhibitions. I think. At the time we had to had another approach to create uh, new projects and for example when it came to the situation with chris burton where he did uh, the bridges and that was a project which he has been working on for many 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 years now i had uh, an interest in his oeuvre, and we acquired 10 years prior to starting working with chris we acquired one of his uh, key works which is called the b car uh, which we exhibited at the time when we had the Chris Show, and I think at that time it was kind of a, uh, a key into uh, getting to know him and getting to know how he works, and also starting a dialogue that took about three or four years uh, in realizing uh, the bridges. So it's and and that is today uh, slightly a different situation because. Uh, Sometimes, if we are lucky, our reputation is is ahead of us and and we don't need to to have this lengthy uh, uh, way of of approaching an artist. And we can go basically and and discuss a project, which from from the artist's point of view and from our point of view is usually scheduled two to four years ahead in time.
5: It, it's boring to talk about money, but uh, we all know and uh, everyone who's uh, here involved in making exhibitions or who are artists know that it's crucial to making these projects. And I, I just feel it's, it's not uh, fair to us uh, to give off the wrong impression uh, saying that uh, the the funds would be limitless. It's that's, very, w-
1: that's why I <laughs> emphasized this, just to see what you would say.
5: Yeah, yeah. no, I, th- I think it's... Uh, just to plainly say it, that we set a very certain budget and it's about the same for each uh, exhibition. It has, however, changed because uh, when I started working at Magazine 3, we did two shows per year. And that was the case for the first 12 years. Now we've been doing four, five, six, seven, sometimes for for a couple of years when we had the project space. We did uh, maybe 12 to 15 projects per year. Obviously, uh, the amount of money, which is a very nice budget, uh, we, we handle this uh, in relation to what we want to do per year so we set very specific budgets <laughs> and they're not they're, they're, they're limited but we always try to do the absolute best we can with that amount
1: and also considering how the, what the art market looks like right now uh, where it, there's
5: a boom that one
1: has never probably ever seen before um, and, and many institutions can no longer buy art mm. uh, 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 public institutions are kind of out not even part of the game anymore uh, uh, because there's no chance for certain artists. Uh, Then it's interesting to think about another approach which is not so much about buying. I know you do collect and that's part of what you do but the idea to, to involve the artist in an interesting process and produce things together of course is a very adequate way of Operating because artists do want to produce and, and, and they do want to find new situations and, and it cannot only be about the market. So it, I, I think it's a very timely way to work. But this is... I'm the moderator, so I shouldn't say too much. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I want to, add to that yeah.
0: because uh, one of my um, great pieces that I'm, I'm so happy to see again is, is, a, is a painting by uh, the Swedish artist Leonard Forslund and Leonard is sitting here in the audience. And uh, it's from uh, 1990.
1: Another example uh, that painting can be
0: site-specific. Absolutely. So it's only done for that space, right? Or for right. this institution, for this. Yeah. Yeah. And we have not uh, exhibited for for all these years. And it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful feeling to see it. But, uh, but of course, when, it, when you talk about market and you talk about, the kind of craze that is going on right now.
1: Mainly the secondary market, perhaps, or at least things in auction houses. and Yeah, yeah
0: but I mean, that's... that's and an Amy and I were talking about that a couple of nights ago, and it, it's a spiral that is, that is hard to understand or hard even to believe in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was just saying that, that uh, very early on, we had these ideas of, of creating opportunities for artists. And Leonard, as he says in this little uh, booklet that we have published, um, and it's the kind of prelude for for a, for a more comprehensive publication which is due to come out next year, uh, he said, uh, "I didn't do it so easy for me uh, by painting this 30 metre long painting, which is uh, and two and a half metres tall, and and of course uh, by harboring a, an object like that." Uh, having it all these years, being extremely careful of, of of this object and and then installing it and so on, it is as far away from from any kind of uh, financial thought about what, uh, what you once have bought something for and what you once it could, would be would be worth so you mean you 're not going to sell everything at the, in the end no
1: <laughs> good to know also then we 're going to continue with with uh, with you mats. Because it's, uh, I mean, you're another Swedish artist who show uh, around the world, but it would be interesting to hear how you understood the invitation to do something here and what it, also what, what, the, what the relationship to this institution has been.
9: Well, it, it,
1: it actually was very funny because um, the
9: Showground 2, which I made here, it, it actually started in the 1997. I made an installation for an exhibition in Venice uh, And I showed it again, but bigger, in a gallery here in Stockholm at Andrei Shepchenko, and um, Magazine 3 bought it. And I then showed it on kind of Ikea tables, which I just bought very simple tables. And uh, David asked me, how do we present it within the collection? Shall we build vitrines? And I said, no, you do. I don't want vitrines. And that was actually the starting point for the whole thing. Uh, because uh, I needed other projects which I thought could be connected to this project. So I said to David, well, maybe you should have this work as well. Maybe we can extend this installation to a bigger one. And, um, and after this uh, was going on, Uh, about how this presentation could happen, what I could add to it and not, the invitation came to do the the exhibition. And I suggested well show this then and try to find a way to present it. And um, during this time when we were working on it, it became more and more clear, I think, both for the institution and me, that it is not an installation uh, which you can put up and it looks the same always. It's more like an archive. So uh, we started to think about how do you well, an archive is not specifically made for maybe a space here, it's made for several spaces. We were talking about maybe Grand Tour should be a, a tour, maybe we should go to other places, and maybe we should do, not do a catalogue, maybe we should do a um, website instead, so we could actually add the change the So this was the relation, and, and for the moment, Grand Tour is actually going to be shown in Germany open next week. And here i just using parts of it to start thinking about the institution by using um, instruments and one painting from the, from the from the archive as such. So it has uh, changed, actually, very much the relationship between Magazine Tree and me, and we have kind of treated each other, I think, what an institution can do and what an artist can do within an institution as well.
1: I have an artist who works in Geneva, Fabrice, and uh, um, I don't know, is, is there a place, I'm sure Switzerland is full of art institutions, is there something comparable, Is there, what? how has it been working with Magazine 3 compared to places that you have been involved with?
10: Yeah, but me, I have an, um, a good relationship with um, Mamco in Geneva, uh, and, and this relation is really important for me. Mm. And. Um, and, and Yes, the Mamco maybe uh, starting uh, helped me 20 no maybe 15 years ago. Um, yeah, it's a really important support for me uh, uh, for for the opportunity of making the new piece or, or making the, the, the exhibition, and I I make a, I starting a retrospective. In, in Mamco, mm-hmm. and it, it's also for, for the money support. It's, yeah, it's yeah. good also, but uh, me, I'm, I'm not really in the, in the, um, the market.
6: Yeah. So
10: um, when you were invited to do
1: something here,
10: you saw it, of course, as an opportunity to
1: produce something, I, I guess. Did you think uh, uh, about it in terms of something that has to be very special because it's here, or was it a possibility like any other, to, to
10: produce a new piece. I think for me it's another process, but uh, the, the, the relation with the magazine tree starting uh, with the idea of, of the, the retrospective uh, show. And, and I have a, a lot of old pieces. And after a talk with uh, Richard and, uh, and David, I have the possibility to make a new piece. For me, it's in the process, in my work, and the, the possibility of making the, the piece a chevre and aquarium is for me an, a special point for um, this part of my work. And, and after, I, I think you, you have the context influence your, your your choice. And it's possible the the, the relation with the harbor and I make the shave like like, a docker for hanging something, yeah. And and the water, you have a special relation with the water in uh, Sweden, Sweden, with uh, skating and the possibility of you falling in the water, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it was thought in very local terms also. Yeah. Or in very specific terms, let's say.
10: And, and me, I, I like also um, the feeling I, I make an exhibition in the custom. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, like or between, the on the border between yeah. nations or yeah. in the, is
1: a zone which is not even part yeah. of any. But it's a part political. of my work. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I think many uh, people who have done things here have ha- had some sort of interest in this that it's a a place in between. I mean, of course, it's in Stockholm. It's just seven minutes to the central part of the city, but it's the harbor, and people leave here for Estonia, and they leave here for other places, and it's also a very special atmosphere here with the people outside here waiting for the boat, for instance. Um, Sarit, Sarit is one of the most influential and and, and, uh, uh, knowledgeable uh, 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 curators and writers from, from Israel, and you've been involved with... the. With the museum in Jerusalem, it would be very interesting to hear something about how you see. I mean, since you know this institution and you're even linked to it now, how how you see the specificity of the place and the possibilities? Is there some? Is there a place no. in, in Israel that is comparable, for instance?
11: Uh, no, I think no. It's. I think it's a, a good question, especially in what had just been said now, historically wise, uh, regarding the sort of correlation between the Dia and Magazine Street. I'll, I'll explain immediately what i just I referred to. No, there isn't such a place in Israel as Magazine 3. And just to say good things and um, not bad things, I would say that after starting working, after knowing David for a while, and then asking by him to be part, to be honored, to be part of the associated curator of Magazine three I realized how much do we miss a place like this, and, in broadly speaking, a place that will really will have sincere and meaningful and a warm relationship with the art community. I know that it's very simple; it's a very simplistic definition, but I think it's um, it really it 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 means so much. It changed so much for what an art scene could produce, and what artworks could have could mean for the for the more for a more extended uh, social and cultural uh, uh, infrastructure of society and being as you said part of a mu- being a museum member and then leaving the museum and working with them partially and working with other places and especially magazine three I realized that we really need a place like magazine three in Tel Aviv and actually for the moment you know we are going to establish a new place as you David took the sort of your model with. You probably know, we took Magazine 3.
1: What is it? What is it going to be called? What,
11: uh, <laughs> no, I don't want to promote. It's going to, it's a momentary name, and it's, it's R69, and uh, it will be also a private, sort of private, and David, we just met David, um, the, 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 the generous guy that is going to sponsor and to assist the establishment of this place. We met him and me, we met David a few weeks ago in London, and David, uh, what would I say, persuaded him or convinced him that you should be out of the commercial market and he should be for the art. And the, he even threatened him that if he will do so, the virus of art will penetrate his mental and <laughs> psychic body. And it, it really, you know, it's, and then, you know, and um but definitely Magazine 3 is a model for us. and uh, So, that's a...
1: That's interesting here. <laughs> it's a
11: kind of what you call it in mathematical continuation, like, you know, from the dia to magazine and <laughs> to us. Yeah.
1: So, the general idea with this little panel, which turned out not to be so little, uh, was just to use the, the opportunity that all of these artists were here at the same time. And it's the... Opening of the show, and I guess in the in the end, the show is the most important thing. But it's always interesting to actually see the artist and to listen to the artist because art is not just an abstract thing you read about in newspapers. It's about human beings who produce things, and uh, that is you know the general idea. I think many of the things that were said here will become a little bit more will, well. Add, there will be a dimension added when you see the pieces. Many of you know or remember them vaguely from shows, but. It, when you now walk through the the show, you will maybe take another look at who did what, and you can try to remember this discussion and we don 't want to push this discussion too far it's uh, um, it 's a little bit small and it 's getting hot. maybe David, the last question when you started this twenty years ago and you probably didn 't quite know what you were doing, or at least it wasn 't clear where you where, where it was going to head, do you think that it has become what you thought it was going to become or? How would, you, how would you react to such a uh, suggestion that you just implemented a plan and it, and it worked?
0: Well, um, I think it has, of course, become more than I would ever have dreamt about. And uh, when, when we were planning, and I'm saying planning because all great efforts are, are, are uh, a lot of people involved and uh, the chairman of magazine three robert wyle he has been uh, tremendously important for this uh, and not only with creating the means and his uh, um, support i think that the most fascinating aspect of, of working and creating exhibitions is actually with the intellectual property it's not with the objects the objects and people many times say you know this must be fantastic to have all these great art from the artist sitting here but other art works in the exhibition by felix gonzalez torres and tony ausler and mona and so on. and i think yes it's wonderful because it's having a cabinet that you can choose from and you can create constellations which you will hopefully uh, will understand more when you see the show Uh, But it also is a tremendous responsibility to take care of art because um, we are not only taking care of it for for us or for the next five or ten years. You are taking care of it for for a very long time. And the complexity with some of the contemporary material, and um, I'm sitting opposite Ernesto, and... and, um, you know all these styrophones which are like 80 (laughs) cubic meters or something that it's 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 nothing you kind of just decide uh, to install from one minute to another but the the experiences of running magazine three and meeting all the people uh, the artists the curators and my co-workers and also realizing that we are in a building which was once uh, a magazine a storage facilities and it and we have transformed it but actually done quite minimal work when it comes to the exhibition rooms that really communicating with art through artists it's it's an exercise in in not the objects it's an exercise in communication it's an exercise in the process and for me that has been the biggest pleasure of it all the fact that uh, meeting new artists old artists uh, young curators, and not not to forget the public. Uh, Without the public, we would be uh, absolutely nothing. And uh, and the public have have been coming to us for all these years and are now coming in greater numbers, which we are extremely happy about. But I also also focus very much, and I think the work at Magazine 3 focuses very much on the experience. We have so many institutions that we visit today, and and we leave there, kind of have consumed the uh, exhibition as a kind of a trophy. And I really wish that people come to Magazine 3 to see something new and to have an experience. So the experience, the people, and, and the intellectual climate, that is fantastic. And I would not have dreamt that that would be the most enjoyable or passionate dimension of, of, of my work with Magazine 3
1: With those words I think we close this, which does not mean that it's not possible to talk to all the artists we just thought that it's better to kind of dissolve this uh, uh, audience panel situation everyone here i presume is willing to talk to all of you, uh, I would say we close this and I thank you everybody for participating and you audience for listening so patiently, thanks a lot